Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Truman's Town Hall with your host, Matt Truman. Hello, hello, this is Matt Truman. Thank you for downloading this episode. Thank you for sharing with a friend. Today on the podcast, we have the discussion that the Red Rooster, Waylon Fortner, and myself had with David Ezrati. He is running for the 10th District United States Congress. He's running as a Democrat. Folks, I think it's important to talk to Democrats. I think it's important to talk to all sorts of folks to get an idea of what's out there. I have my feelings. I'm a conservative, right? I have libertarian tendencies. But I think it's important to talk to all kinds. We we kind of get get after it a little bit. And it takes a while to get after it. Well, I like to understand a person first, to hear their background, kind of see where they're coming from, and then understand their ideas a little bit, and then question them on certain things or ask questions of certain things and, and, you know, kind of chime in. Like, do you feel that guns are important in America? The second amendment. We talk about that right here on this podcast. So before we get into that interview, I just want to say, if you're listening around the world, we have a lot of folks listening around the world from Australia to Great Britain and India, Uganda, Colombia, all, all over the world, all corners of the earth. They listen to this podcast, and I appreciate it. Now we're doing a video podcast, Sundays, 9.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Times. You can join myself and the Red Rooster. We're going to bring on guests. Sometimes we may not bring on guests. We may just be talking about what's happening in the world. Um, Sometimes I think it's good not to bring on a guest and just talk about different things so you get to know who we are. We like to understand who others are. I'm very fascinated with people. I think people are interesting because we all have different um, ideas on how government should work, how our lives should be, um, should government be controlling our lives or we should be controlling our own lives. Well, I think you guys kind of know where I lay on that. Anyway, Sunday nights, check us out on Rumble at Truman's Town Hall, no apostrophe. Check us out on Facebook, Truman's Town Hall podcast that's over on facebook we're also on youtube at matt in parentheses doc truman 
wherever you can get this podcast, we put it out on Twitter. And I had to start my Twitter over. We got like one follower. So if you want, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I would appreciate it because folks look at it and they're like, oh, he's got one follower. He's probably just a bot. Well, I'm not. I'm a real person. Just had to start it over. That's uh, Doc Truman at Truman Doc on Twitter. So check us out. Follow us. We put the Sunday Night Lives and the podcast over there as well. So without further ado, the Red Rooster and I talk with congressional candidate from the Democratic Party. It's it's going to be a fun one. David Ezrati. Welcome to Truman's Town Hall with your host, Matt Truman. Hello, everybody. It is Matt Truman. Alongside me is the Red Rooster, Waylon Fortner. Today, folks, we have a great live broadcast for you. Today, we're going to bring on the United States 10th congressional candidate for the Democrat Party, Mr. David Ezzerati. Mr. Ezzerati, thank you for joining us tonight on this live broadcast. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And just let's be clear, it's only Ezrati. Ezrati. An extra volume. Well, I knew, uh, I don't know, do you know a Steve Ezrati? You know, I actually looked him up when I first, I found him when he was running ads to sell water purifiers. Oh, okay. He spells his name very differently. He spells it E-Z-R-A-T-T-Y. Okay. Which is the normal way of spelling it. So on your... Uh, we are not related. I, I know Steve. That That's why I asked. Um, he does bingo. Yeah. 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 Back in the, back in the day. I don't, I don't know if he still does it or not, but so on your, uh, your website, you said you were first generation American. Where are your folks from? My father was born in Berlin in 1927. My mother was born in Sunderland, England, which is up North. It's an industrial town. Oh, nice. Um, you want to give us a little bit? Uh, of the background about yourself and tell everybody <laughs> who you are. And uh, um, there's a lot of folks that are going to watch this that know who you are, but we have folks that watch from all over Ohio. And actually when this podcast goes out on audio all over the world. So, okay. So real briefly, um, just, I was born in Salina, Ohio. My father was a journalist. We moved around a bunch until I hit third grade where we landed in Cleveland I grew up in Cleveland Heights, which is a very um, well-run, progressive community. And I went to an integrated high school, and I had no clue that the world was anything other than that until I went in the Army. I went in the Army, and I met a whole bunch of people from Texas. I'd never met anybody from Texas before that. And... uh, I learned about hot sauce on eggs <laughs> and, oh, yeah. uh, and a bunch of other things, but uh, I was in the army. I was a paratrooper. I got hurt. I got out. I looked for a state school near a military installation and ended up at Wright State because of Wright Pat, where I had, you know, healthcare and everything. Right. And I never planned, never planned on staying. And two years in, I met a girl and we bought a house and the house scared her to death and she moved out and left me with the house 
and here we are. You know, I, I'm still here at the same house. I bought it in 86, so it's been a while. So uh, I, I own an ad agency. Um, I've run for office multiple times. As part of my business, I decided to try using WordPress early on, and I was teaching people about WordPress. And so I started writing a blog, Azrati.com, and exposing things in the city of Dayton. And I have been exposing and scooping the Dayton Daily News all along. And some of I'm pretty proud of some of my stories. Some of them, it took them a year and a half to get, like the one where there was a company called Cubase that had a lot of support from the Dayton Development Coalition. It turned out all of the people there all gave um, Steve Austria $1,000 on the same day. Now, that doesn't usually happen. You know, people don't all donate to the same politician the same amount on the same day unless there's something up. And... Uh, that took the paper a year and a half, and Cubase I don't think is in existence anymore. And their CEO was a fraud, but basically he told everybody that's what you're going to do. None of them, other than the CEO and his wife, had ever donated before, except one had given $250 to a Democrat. So not the normal first donation. Other stories, even better. Um, the pepper spraying of an inmate in the Montgomery County Jail in restraints. Now, we already knew about one, and the sheriff had said, oh, this never happens, and then I showed another. Which sheriff is this? No, this was Sheriff Phil Plummer, the future uh, Speaker of the House of the state of Ohio, if you listen to the rumors. He's now a state rep. And the video is conclusive that there was no reason or need to pepper spray him in the face point blank once or twice. They had five officers around him. His legs were bound. His waist was bound. And they were uh, taking the handcuffs off to bound his hands, and they sprayed him in the face. And his hands went up to his face, and they said, oh, we'll spray you again. So that was uh, a pretty important story in my book. My other, one of my other favorites is when I found out that a school board member who had been elected unopposed, um, Dr. Adil Bagirov, a supposed Hishka Turk, who went to school at the University of Moscow, um, didn't live in the district. He'd moved out to a really expensive house out in Vandalia, and nobody would stop him from serving. In fact, he committed voter fraud, saying he lived on Maryland Avenue in the same house that his business partner, Islam Shabandarov, did. After I had reported that and found some violations of his Ohio ethics statement where he didn't disclose some corporations, we had to search all 50 states to find all the corporations he'd made. Uh, it turned out that he got, um, right after getting elected, a quarter million dollars from what was later termed the Azerbaijani laundromat. This was an international um, effort of the country of Azerbaijan to rectify their position in the world by buying influence. And this was uh, supposedly the down payment on a movie he was going to make, he said with Brad Pitt in it, about the Nobel mm. brothers, who are the most famous Azerbaijan, Azerbaijanis. But there was a whole lot more to this. He steered contracts, got involved in purchasing. He bought 120 buses for the district all at once, which is rare. Usually you buy them every year so that they go out of service, not all at once. 
and they have a seven-year life expectancy, but he bought a 10-year warranty. Now, the, the funny part about this is he owns a trucking company and buys his trucks from the same people they bought the buses from. So that's a conflict of interest. Nothing was done. And then the, the other story is one that I think is pretty interesting. Commissioner Debbie Lieberman, whose husband was the former chairman of the Montgomery County Democratic Party, Debbie had an assistant for a long time, a guy named John Theobald, and he got involved in trying to steer contracts, no bid contracts, in public health and at the Board of Elections to a company called the Wilderness Agency. Turns out, um, after I exposed them, after digging through 2,500 pages of public records, that old John was a co-founder and owner of the Wilderness Agency, and he quietly resigned from working for Debbie, and they immediately put him on the Montgomery County Veterans Service Commission, which pays $10,000 a year for two meetings a month. So, hmm. so you've developed this blog over how many years? Started in 2005. There's over 3,300 posts. And, you know, I've got more comments on it, I think, than I have, you know, it's something like 30,000 comments. So there's more writing by the community than there is by me if you, you know, sit there and count it all up. So what's it like being David Azarati? You're you're uh you're a polarizing figure. Uh some some yeah, people either love me or hate me. People so, either love so, me or hate me. So what's it like? I mean Um it's what all do you, what, I, what kind of uh feedback do you get especially now since you're you're fairly well known around the Dayton area especially what, what's it like with the voters what are they saying to you um a whole bunch of people say to me you know when they're right in my face is like go get them you know we're sick of this we're tired of hearing the same old thing coming out of these politicians mouths and all talk no action but um, right. You know, I run into the party faithful and it's like, you're, a, you're Lucifer and you're going to, you all, they, they've called me every name in the book. I mean, yeah, it, it's happen. absolutely, it's absolutely unbelievable. Well, I, um, I find it, that come out of their mouths. I, I find it real refreshing. Um, you may not agree with everyone, but you certainly will talk to everybody The I, I went up to Xenia, just down the road from me. Uh, I'm out here in Greene County. And you were speaking at a Tea Party event, which was, if folks want to check that video out, they can go over to your YouTube, which is, uh, which you broadcast at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, every week. So folks can, and that's down at the scroll there. But you'll talk with anybody. Thanks. You're talking with a minister. I'm a pretty conservative guy. And I like that. What, what do we're, folks? We're all like, Americans, right? Remember that, right? What, what do folks? Do they just come at you with a preconceived notion that you're a Democrat? So you, you know, you obviously. Hate I'm, a de I'm a Democrat. Or... It doesn't show up on the Democratic slate card. I'm a Democrat that's told that I'm not a member of the party, even though I won the primary. I mean, right. by Montgomery County. I mean, I don't know what Democrat and Republican means, other than. You're part of an organization that's basically involved in the criminal activity of shushing people out of elections. The state of Ohio, more people are independent, undeclared, 
wanting nothing to do with the two parties and picking primaries, they want to vote for other people, they can't. We need to do away with primaries. We need to do away with the two-party rule and go to ranked choice voting so people can vote for who they prefer first and then see what happens and you know rank their choices in order. That's the only way to solve this. So give, give our viewers and our listeners an idea of what ranked choice voting would mean for us. So the biggest problem with ranked choice voting is you actually have to be able to be informed about the candidates. And right now, the way people are informed sucks. It's either yard signs, 30-second TV spots that smell to high hell. I mean, I've been advertising, and most political ads should be in trouble for truth in advertising. But when it comes to politics, that's not allowed. So first off, we the part, part about ranked choice voting is where do you go to learn? And if you say the League of Women Voters questions, I mean, they give you 50 words to answer. That's not enough. Right. So, but if we had a true voter information system where it listed what the job was, what the qualifications are, how to get elected, how to get unelected, you know, how to be removed from office, what you are supposed to do, what the responsibilities are, all those things. And then you have your, your bio with your basic resume like anybody else. Right. And then you have your list of accomplishments and you might have who endorsed you or who, who you've talked to, who believes in you. But then it would go on to have a questionnaire like a dating site. And this sounds crazy, but the, the model, I believe, and they've used this for presidential elections. There's a site called I Stand With. And okay. you go and you, you answer these questions and they've had the candidates answer them or they figure out what the candidates' positions are. And then it matches you based on one, you say, this is how I want, this is my position. This is what I want my candidate's position to be. And how important is it? Is it not important? Is it, eh, is it really important? And then it gives a weight to it. So at the end, you get a matching percentage of each candidate, how well it, it fits your answers. And these questions can run the gamut, okay? It can talk about, abortion and gun control, which are the, you know, the, the high, the, the toxic questions, the ones where people are single issue voters go and pick those. Or it could be things like, you know, what do you think about school funding? You know, how should it be done? Property taxes, income taxes, you know, those sorts of things. Or multitudes of other questions. And then once you get your matches, you sit there and say, you, here are the 10 people running. And the problem is it could be more than 10, but you have to rank them. This is my first choice. This is my second choice. This is my third choice. This is my fourth. This is my fifth. And keep going until you're, you don't like any more of them. And then you just stop, right? right? So then everybody's ballots come in. And in fact, this was invented by Americans around 1900. This is an American concept. And then if your first choice. There are some get, places that have ranked choice voting right now. Right. Yeah, they there's some states moving all the way to it. There's some places that have used it in primaries, which is a mistake. And then there's some that use it in regular. But here we go with, you know, if my first choice doesn't get enough, my vote rolls to my second. If they don't get enough to get a majority, it rolls to the third. If they don't get enough, it rolls to the fourth until you get where a consensus of people say, this is the one we most of, all most of us agree on. 
And it tends to bring people more from the extremes to the moderate, the comfortable. Okay. And I think Whalen has a question. Um, is that his questioning look? No, he, he was going to ask about uh, hub zone. Oh, yeah. I can. I was on your, your website uh, and I, I looked into it a little bit, but I was wanting you to explain a little bit more. So that was, uh, if I'm right, for the historically uh, underutilized business areas. Is that? So Hub Zone is designated by the Small Business Administration. Okay. And it is based on this idea that there are some areas that are historically underutilized for business. And a lot of it matches up with redlined areas, areas of poverty, areas that have not had, quote, equal opportunity. The, the, that part doesn't mean a damn thing, okay? That's, they, they draw those lines, they redraw them, whatever's fine. The stupid part about this is they say to be a hub zone business, you have to have your main facility in the hub zone, your owner has to live in the hub zone, and you have to have 35% of your employees in the hub zone live in the hub zone and you do that and you're supposed to have this preference in getting government contracts. I've been a hub zone business for 15 years. It's never helped me get a single contract. Neither has my service disabled veteran owned business status, which is there's a 3% set aside of all government contracts. They're supposed to include at least as a subcontract, 3% of the business to SDVOVs. Wasn't this geared toward uh, work visas as well for the for the immigrant? Hub zones? No. Yeah. It wasn't at all? That 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 is 8A. Okay. That is a whole different subclass. That's what made Raj Soin a ton of money. Okay. He was an 8A. It's what made Michael Bridges, who used to be on the board of trustees at Wright State, a whole lot of money at Peerless. Somehow, service-disabled vets... And hub zones, they're not as good as being an 8A, which is the ones for immigrants. Asian Indians um, do incredibly well at this, either from India or from um, other countries. It's just insane. The problem, the biggest problem is we've allowed the General Services Administration, who are supposed to manage the buildings and property of the United States government, like courthouses, penitentiaries, federal buildings, those sorts of things. Somehow the GSA became the head purchaser for everything. And they set up a thing that originally um, was supposed to help make a match. It used to be called, it's now called SAM, System for um, uh, Bad, bad Timing. I didn't know I was going to be talking about this. But the, no, the previous exactly. system, whatever, it's, it's supposed to be a way that contracts get matched to buyers. But here's the thing they want you to have is a thing called a general services administration, a GSA contract, a GS, and that is an approval from the GSA that you've presented your set prices and everything else. And this is good for two years. And if you don't get $25,000 in contract, they take it away from you. A GSA schedule. 
And I've seen a couple businesses pay a lot of money to fill this thing out and get it pushed through and then not get the contracts. Um, they always want to ask about past performance and it's a catch 22. If you, you haven't done a government contract, you have no past performance. And if you do have one, like I got one with the Cincinnati VA back in 2018, we did an outstanding job. They said, well, it's only a $50,000 contract. We don't do past performance unless it's a quarter of a million. I'm like, how is a small business supposed to get bigger? I suggested that right. they have a GSA EZ schedule for firms under 5 million to get them started. It's really easy to fill out just like a 1040 EZ and nothing ever happened with it. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But as to, you know, government involvement purchasing and everything you got to understand the federal government is the largest purchaser of goods and services in this country right i mean and, and and small business needs a chance to step up to the table and the way they do it now is something only a, a bunch of twisted politicians lawyers could come up with i saw a question so, up there but are we going to get back yeah, to that yeah i was good i was just getting ready to ask you that uh you're uh you don't shy away from questions so sure. Billy Dill asked, most Democrats are for big government. What's your stance on the federal government trying to insert themselves in every aspect of our lives? Well, I don't think one party's big government versus the other party. I think that's a misnomer. I think if you look at some of the way the budgets have grown, it's been actually under Republican administration. Sometimes it's grown. the deficits have grown more. It really doesn't matter who it is. Our politicians are bought, sold, and paid for by very rich people. Okay, that's why I'm wearing this shirt. Defund politicians. Elections, <laughs> not auctions. You can buy this shirt on my website for $35, or if you donate 100 bucks, we'll send one to you for free. But here's the thing. People I, I put the there. link down below there so folks yeah. can check it out. Here's, here's the thing. I am for government at the right levels to be the right size. So let's talk about healthcare, for instance. What is the biggest healthcare system in this country? The VA, I'd say. Exactly. And I can tell you, as a service disabled veteran, I get a hell of a lot better care than I did when I was going through the civilian system. There is no comparison. And people sit there and make outrageous claims about, oh, the VA did this to such and such. Well, first off, 
the population the VA is dealing with is much more sick from a lot more things than what the general population is. People who fight in wars have some pretty horrific health outcomes thanks to that. So they're dealing with a, a base population to start with that has been shot, stabbed, exposed to gas, uranium, PTSD, um, burn pits, the list goes on. Right. And the VA, the VA does a much better job at a much lower cost than anything else. Now, they also were a pioneer in electronic medical records. They built an entire electronic medical record system from scratch in 99, and it needs an, an update. But you know what the Trump administration did? They decided that they handed off to a private company and spent $5 billion transferring the data from one into the other, and then we're renting it for the rest of our lives. Instead, what we really need to do, once and for all, is take insurance companies totally out of the picture, who add 35% of nothing to the healthcare outcomes, and build a single electronic medical record system for the whole country, and have direct care, doctor to patient, and skip all the rest of this BS, because the overhead of these hospitals is outrageous. And you telling me that they're running as nonprofits while paying their CEOs millions of dollars and the insurance companies, tens CEOs, tens of millions and hundreds of millions is bullshit. And small business pays the price because we have no leverage to buy healthcare at the prices that Amazon does or Walmart does. If Walmart even does buy healthcare for their people, because a lot of their people are eligible for Medicare and welfare. And that's horseshit. That's got to stop. So how, how, do you, how do you propose paying for that? Okay, so right from the time Mike Turner took office to now, 20 years, healthcare costs in this country have gone up 250%. That outstrips every other type of inflation. Our outcomes are some of the worst in the world. We are number one at poor delivery for the money. I mean, that's, we spend way more, get way less. How do you do it? You step in and you eliminate the insurance industry. You spend a lot of money retraining all those people to either become healthcare providers or get into other careers. You take doctors and you make medical programs basically free if you return and do service, public service as a doctor for the government, for the government healthcare system. If you want to go and do private health care, you can. There's a whole lot of rich people who are and will pay out the ass for boutique concierge doctors. But right now, they're right. making too much money. The pharmaceutical companies are making too much money. Let's just look at the price of insulin. Every other country in the world, 25 bucks. Here it was 1000 You, It's a massive shift. But look, if we can afford to pay for the 20-year war, in Iraq and Afghanistan, two countries that never even attacked us while kissing the Saudis' ass for the last 20 years, where the real people were, they've attacked us. We can find a couple trillion to revamp our healthcare system so that nobody in this country does without adequate health care. And that includes vision and dental, period. 
So would you also agree to take back the 60 plus, we're, we're upwards of 80 tr uh, billion sending over to Ukraine as well? Because, well, you know what I, because I'll tell you this, here's what, here's what would separate and, and folks may not know, but here's what would separate you and Mike Turner from me is if you were against sending money to fight the Russians in Ukraine through a proxy war. So I'll let you go ahead and just explain <laughs> your side on that. Well, Mike Turner doesn't care who he's sending to war, you know, money towards if it's going to defense contractors. Defense contractors own him lock, stock, and barrel. Okay, there's no question. That's Mike Turner's bread and butter. Sir. What happened, what went wrong in Ukraine is when the Soviet Union split apart, Number one, nuclear power. Number two, we're us and Russia. You know who number three was? Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Ukraine had the nukes. And Certainly. We this is my all bread and said, butter, David. We all said, hey, you guys get rid of your nukes and we'll protect you. Well, we need to make good on that promise. So I would say the moment Vladimir Putin rolled across the... Here, here are your tactical nukes. Here's real new, you know, strategic news. So you would arm the Ukrainians. I would say Ukraine. Weapons. I would say Ukraine. You get your nuclear weapons back, and you two have out have it out. And so, what do you think to those who say that uh, uh, we were not supposed to to go past East Germany with NATO? Yet we've already encroached right up look, to the border of look, Russia. Look for for. The, the, the way the system works, okay, this is why we have Democrats and Republicans and we hate each other. For there to be good, we have to have bad, okay? I love the Democrats. We can't, oh, you've got to have somebody to be the foil, right? If it's not the Russians, it's the Chinese. If it's not them, it's, you know, the, well, the, the Chinese... people in Afghanistan. Uh, it doesn't matter, okay? We are based on this idea that we have to be first militarily all over the world. And the fact is we spend like 10 times more than the next eight countries combined. And most of them are our allies. Right. So the we reality is weapons though, David, we got some fun weapons to play with. The Russian yeah. army is a freaking joke. And we now know that. Okay. Are they, or are they playing? Now I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. Are they a joke or are they playing the art of war or taking uh, a, 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 a something out of uh, Van Clauschwitz where it's pretend you're not, weak when you're strong? What do you think? They are, they are not. Putin is not Sun Tzu. OK, so I'm going to tell you this. The moment they started flying over over Ukraine, mm -hmm. we made that promise to defend them. I would have unleashed the very first day the United States Air Force to shoot every single plane down. I would have, I would have been in favor of that. We would have entered and then that when conflict. They nuke us, what do we do at that point? It's, it's that old they weren't, theory. They weren't going to nuke us. They aren't going to nuke us. And Putin needs to be put in his place. Okay, you, you cannot have. When you yeah. back the, the bear up into a corner, he's going to attack. He's just going to. He's, don't you, I, you don't, I, you don't, you okay, think we he's going to back off? 
we can play this game for a while, but I guarantee you in the next six months, Vlad Putin's going to have some explaining to do back home and Lucy's going to kick his ass. Because this, this call-up where all the men decided to bolt does not say you're in good shape. But I don't think we should have had to bear the brunt of pain for this war, and I think we should be charging it back to the Russians, and I think we should tell the Saudis to kiss our grits with their price, you know, their, their rollbacks on the oil, and I'll say, give us back our F-16s, you jerk-offs, and let's go. I'm sick of arming the rest of the world. I don't think we should sell weapons overseas to anybody. I don't think we should sell them to the Israelis. I don't think we should sell them to the Arabs. When you have more weapons, you have more reasons to use them. I agree. And and that's why I think we should stay out of, and, and this is just my personal opinion, stay out of the Ukraine-Russia deal. Uh, that's that's my opinion. Let's talk about we, Ohio. We made it. We made a deal, and I stick by what deals we make. When we say we're going to defend you, we defend you. That was bad policy made a long time ago. But well, I'm not. I'm not. We said. We also said a lot of American politicians are liars. I think we both can agree to that. <laughs> Wait a second. Uh, so a lot or all. Let's be clear. Uh, I, I would say a lot. I, I think there's some politicians, maybe somewhere. I can't name them offhand right now, but I, 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 I think I'm pretty some. impressed with with Kinzinger and Cheney. Well, I'm not. See, okay, I'm pretty well. impressed with Rand Paul and uh, folks like that. I I'm a Rand Paul. What's what's the other fellow's name? Oh, I can't think of it. Anyway, okay. Let Let's talk about a little bit about Ohio. So the Ohio's crime is rising. We, we saw that report, I think it was at a U.S. News and World Report, where Dayton, our town, uh, you know, I live outside of Dayton now, but uh, was number five of the, or ranked number five, according to them, as the most deadliest city in the country. Would you, or are you, on uh, the side of defunding the police, or what do you think we should do about crime in Ohio and around the country? Okay. First off, um, those numbers go up and down. And, you know, saying government is responsible for crime takers or stopping them. No. The way you stop crime is you have one adequate police. And we do not have adequate police in Dayton, Ohio, period. One of the problems, we allow private police forces to run around with full police powers pretending to be cops, protecting the rich, and the rest of us get left out. You need to know the names of them? We'll start yes. out with the University of Dayton, Sinclair, Miami Valley Hospital, Kettering Health. All, four, all those had their own police forces. Wright State, Metro Parks. I'm sorry. These people don't report to anybody elected. And in the case of Samuel DeBose, who got shot by the University of Cincinnati, police officer, campus cop. That was an example of gross negligence by government allowing private armies to be had by public, private organizations. And I'm, I'm stop that crap. Number two, we have overlap between the sheriff and all these different police jurisdictions. We don't need 18 different police chiefs. We need one. We can have a sheriff and he can run the whole county. This is ridiculous. There are 
police standards and everything else that aren't being done in some of these little podunks and we need to fix it. Okay. So I want to see a change to where we have Unigov in Ohio and we have one police force. And if you want to have private cops, you pay for public police officers to come in and guard and we charge you a markup of 20%. Period. End of story. There are no cops that belong to the presidents of universities or the CEOs of hospitals or the head of the metro parks. Period. End of story. So that's the first thing. Secondly, we've got a system in Montgomery County where criminals are being educated by judges who are judges for life. That has to stop. Basically, the two parties worked out a deal. Once you get elected to be judge, you never face opposition ever again. I'm sorry. Why do we even bother electing them? We need accountability. We don't have it. Three, we're putting people in jail left and right who should be in mental health institutions. The hospitals that have money for private police forces don't have the mental health care, nor does, does insurance cover it, nor does our country cover it. We need to fix that. We need health care. And I just had a battery die. Hang on a second. Yeah, no worries. Um, so I feel strongly that we need to solve that problem by having um, proper mental health facilities. And if you want to look at um, the homeless situation around here, too, that's something we, are, we have not been able to take care of because we do not have the facilities for it. Right. So um, you start solving those problems, you start solving crime problems. Um, we had a question pop up. Frank Wiley, he asked, if a policy is bad, why follow it? Why not push to create better policy? Well, I've got a whole bunch of better policy suggestions, but some of them are really simple, okay? Like, have you... do? Either of you run a small business? Um, I ran a nonprofit for a little bit. Or okay, and you had no, to do payroll, right? Uh, no, we you didn't. Had to do we payroll? were all volunteers. We were all volunteers. Okay. But I've, every small small business in America has to do payroll. Now, back right. in the day, you just have a ledger and you write down hours and the payment and you, a couple columns, and boom, you get the number and you take care of it. Now that we have everything computerized and you have to basically computerize your accounting records, somehow they figured out to you've got to pay a subscription of between $9 and $12, $20 a month per employee to do payroll. Why? Can't the federal government create a portal that allows you to enter your employee, their hours, the pay, and take care of all this? and take care of the crazy jurisdictional mess we've made while we're letting Miamisburg charge one income tax, Dayton charge another. This is, shouldn't be the cost of the, the businessman. It's got to be charged back to government. And government has to get real with their insanity. So, But isn't government also the businessman? Isn't government also us, we the people? Well, that's the problem. It was until we allowed our, all our politicians to get bought, sold, and paid for by the rich. But they're still taxing us. So if we charge it back to they're government, tax that's our tax dollars. Well, I'm saying... So they're going to spend it... We're going to simplify it so it doesn't cost you shit. 
Because okay. if you do one payroll system for the whole country, it gets pretty cheap. And it makes it a lot easier to figure out taxes at the end. Do you realize in other countries, so they have a total tally. I'm for lowering taxes, and I'm also for lowering the cost of doing taxes. That we have to pay people to do our, their taxes is a joke. Germany, at the end of the year, they send you a statement and say, here's what you owe. It's that simple. They've already recorded all your payments and everything else. No other country has such convoluted crap. But, so you, you know, I'm going to be a junior congressman in, a, in 434 other people. And just getting them to use the English language properly to describe things instead of coming up with acronyms and all this insanity that they do and wishy-washy bullshit is going to be hard enough. But so we would need you better be for reforming the IRS? Would you be for reforming the IRS or abolishing the IRS? I don't believe in abolishing. I mean, we have to pay taxes. Buying taxes gets us civilization. Whether you like it or not, it gets you a fire truck coming when your house is on fire. It gets you an ambulance when some an accident happens. It gets you police officers when there's a a problem or you get robbed, it gets you courts, it gets you streets, it gets you fire hydrants, it gets you airports, it gets you all kinds of things that are necessary for a functioning civilization. Somehow, some people just don't understand that these costs have to be covered somehow. And the way we do them is sloppy. We could refine them. But I'm not going to be able to fix all that as one congressman. But if I can get us moving towards things like ranked choice voting, where we can actually get other people on the ballot that mm -hmm. have similar beliefs, things might change. Or if I can implement just this, a donor information system. We have a voter registration system. Why don't we have a voter, a donor registration system? Shouldn't you have to register and prove your identity to donate to candidates? That'd be interesting. I like yeah, that idea. Especially if it was in real time. Because right now it's all self-reported. And you go through this and it's it's pretty pretty hilarious. If you look up the owner of the New York Mets, you can find him three or four different ways in the FEC database. Why? His name his first name's Steven. How do you spell Steven? A couple different ways. Yeah. How do you spell Steve? Right. Only one way. But they've right. got him in there as Steven two different ways. They've got him as Steve one way. They've got him in Connecticut as an address. And they got him in New York as an address. So there are like five different Stephen A. Cohens. That doesn't work. So let, let me get to a couple of the hot button issues. Folks love to hear sure. about this. Um, Second Amendment. Uh, I am a strict, strict supporter of the Second Amendment. I believe that you need to be part of a well-regulated militia. A well-regulated militia was something I was in. It's called the United States Army. When we had our weapons out, we were in uniform. We were in at least pairs. We were supervised. We were training. Okay, we had a mission. We were given ammunition on the range or when we needed it. If we were in a war zone, things would change. But we weren't in a war zone. Therefore, we would be at the range. There would be supervisors, etc. If you go to heavily armed countries like Israel, everywhere you go, you see soldiers in pairs 
with weapons in uniform, and they're only given 20 rounds each. That changes everything. Now, they've all been through adequate training. They've been screened out. We know who the insane ones are. And I hate to tell you, but of all these mass shootings, not a single one of these people has been part of a well-regulated militia. So guess what? You say, well, we put put all them all in a well-regulated militia and they keep their weapons in an armory, they take them out to train, the weapons are under guard, bad guys will still have guns. Guess what? This is when you make sure that we know that if you are carrying a gun, a semi-automatic gun, not a, not a bolt-action rifle, not a, a shotgun with a, a five-round internal magazine, okay? If you're carrying a semi-automatic, something that can spew out a whole lot of rounds, a weapon of war, and you get caught with it, you're going away for a long time, period. In fact, I wouldn't have a problem with them taking you and shooting you with your own weapon right then and there, point blank. You're not... <laughs> with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This country, and you're not fighting the, by the law. You are a combatant. You are a terrorist, and we're done with you. That's how, how strongly I feel about it, because you don't need a weapon of war to walk around the streets in this country. This is not a war zone. And if you only think it's a war zone because we're allowing. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. Oh, I was just going to say, you you did a video with an AR-15. Was that your AR-15 or did you borrow it? It was yours. It was. So why why would you say it wasn't yours? Go ahead. It was was an AR-15 that belonged to a veteran who had been on the psych ward who I was taking care of it for because he wasn't safe to have it. And the reality is it should have been taken away from him and never returned. In fact, it went away from me to his brother-in-law now for safekeeping because he is not mentally, mentally competent to have it. And that's where I have a problem. And I do own two guns. I own two semi-automatic pistols. I have a carry and conceal license. And I have no problems carrying. And I have no problems training and shooting. Because I went through a lot of training in the military. So if you say, would you say only military personnel or former veterans should should be allowed to carry? 
No, I think because you have to. You have to be part of some organization that certifies you, that takes responsibility to make sure you're not a whack job, and that you are part of a, a well-trained, well-organized, well-regulated militia. Period. End of story. See, on this subject, I'm a no compromise guy, and, and and you and I may disagree on that. However, I uh, was in the military myself, um, served in Afghanistan, did the whole gambit. I qualified expert on the Beretta, the 240, everything. I was an expert marksman. I've been out to ranges right. with uh, no a lot of folks who haven't been in the military. And those folks outshot me bar none. So they're, and they're not crazies. So how do we, how do we justify taking, and I'm going to play a, a video. It's kind of a funny video, but uh, how do we justify taking firearms away from people or regulating or putting laws down on folks when there's actually. I'm not taking good them away from them. I'm not taking them away from them. I'm saying they need to be in an armory or at a range, under guard, and when you take them out, you are training. Okay. You are at the range, you are shooting, et cetera, et cetera. If you want to go out and have a war, a civil war, whatever, you have a uniform on, and you wear that uniform, and you carry the weapons, and you are easy to identify as an insurrectionist, whatever you want to be, <laughs> or you're defending our country, either or, then you'd be wearing our uniform, United States Army, etc. But I don't want a war in this country. I don't think we need those weapons because those are weapons war. When the Second Amendment was written, you had a musket. You had a flint pistol. Those are very different than an so AR-15. What do you say to someone who says, okay, that's, that's true. When the Second Amendment was written, it was a flintlock, it was a musket. However, at the same time, they wrote the First Amendment first, and all we had was feather felt pins or whatever. So now we have the Internet. So we're utilizing um, all different types of technology. And our the reason the Constitution was written uh, the way it was, uh, rather open to interpretation, was because Matt, our Matt, founding fathers Matt, recognized— Hold on, let me finish— our founding fathers recognized yeah. that we would develop over time because they were very bright guys. Well, then why aren't you allowed to have a Apache attack helicopter with a 20 millimeter Gatling gun? Huh? I wish we could be able to have one, but yeah, I can't afford one. That's no. the problem. <laughs> so since we're on the gun, you own, you own a whole bunch there at Fort Rucker. <laughs> that's that's true <laughs> i've been out there go ahead will under Ezradi, um with what you're talking about if that was to become a reality i couldn't have a home self-defense a couple nine millimeters anything like that in my own home for my own protection is that what you're saying i'm favor you're taking a five round you can get a five-round shotgun with internal chamber. And trust me, you can shoot the hell out of somebody with that. You can get a revolver with up to six rounds. And no, just saying a, a nine-millimeter. You are not getting a clip-fed weapon to protect yourself. 
and protect my family with a nine millimeter pistol. Is that what you're saying? Uh -oh, I, you I believe a nine millimeter pistol should be in an armory. It's complete. Yeah, we're, we're having some connection issues. Here. That's all right. Here, let me let me play this uh, real quick because um, this shows um, kind of how I look at the Second Amendment and how it was written. I thought this was genius. I, maybe folks have seen this. Maybe they haven't. It's Penn and Teller's version uh, of the Second Amendment. Here we go. So what does the Second Amendment actually say? A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of the free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That's it. Not a lot of words, just very specific ones. It means that the states have the right to have a well-regulated militia. And a 20-year-old kid carrying a, an assault weapon on the streets of downtown America has absolutely nothing to do with a well-regulated militia. Well, no. Read the words. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Sure, you need an organized military force to defend your country. But the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the people in contrast with the militia. It doesn't say the right of the militia to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It says the right of the people. Now, why the word people? Because the people who wrote this had just fought a war for two years against a tyrannical state militia. They knew the time might come when they'd have to do that again. So they made the possession of weapons a right that the militia could never take away. Now, gun control advocates say the phrasing is clumsy. And the comma separating the state from the people is just a pause to get your breath. <laughs> Strange, they can't seem to point out any other places where those hack framers fucked up the wording. Uh, I apologize for the language, but what do you think, Mr. Ezra? How do you, no, you, how do you see Penn and Teller? They're, they're great comedian, magicians. Um, what do you think? I've got, I've got a commercial on my site, on my site, on the gun control page. It shows a guy walking into an office with a musket. Okay. And it makes it very clear there's a big difference. I also have one walking in of people walking into a gun shop where they're offered to buy guns to protect themselves, and they get the stories behind the guns, which were used in crimes where people ended up killing them, their family members, killing kids, killing everybody else. Look, I don't have a problem with you defending yourself with a shotgun. I don't have a problem with you having a hunting rifle in the house. And I don't have a problem with you having a revolver. If you, they want to be brave and come after you after you've shot six, five or six rounds out of a shotgun and six rounds out of your revolver and they're still coming, you're a shitty shot. Okay, number one. Number two, if these guns were taken off the street, all these semi-automatics, you would be more than fine in your house because they're not coming in with an AR-15 or shooting you at the movies, at the drugstore, at the grocery store, at the concert, at school. I mean, come on. How many people do we have to have get shot in this country? Don't tell me that this is okay with you, that all these shootings, these people who are not in a well-regulated militia, who are not wearing a uniform, who have not been trained, who have gotten these weapons because they're easy to get in this country and are going out and shooting people because they're mentally ill. Don't tell me the solution is to 
let anybody and their mother have a gun and carry it concealed like we did in the state of Ohio. That is absolute insanity. If you don't have requirements of training and oversight and carrying, maybe carrying insurance, we got to do something because I'm not going to sit here. I could hear the Oregon district shooting through my window. I knew what was going on. So I don't agree with this. Last question uh, on this, and then we'll move on to something else. Sure. Uh, sure. You're you're wearing a, a a shirt that says "Defund the politicians," and I agree with that. But if we're going to defund the politicians because they're bad, why are we going to give them control over the rights that were given to us by our God and our forefathers, or however you see it? There are good politicians out there. They just don't get elected very often because they're not bought, sold, and paid for by the wealthy. Right. Period. Number one. Number two, we waste a ton of money on elections. $15 billion on the cycle. That's insane. Just the, how many millions are spending in the J.D. Vance versus Tim Ryan? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. How many times do you have to see the same commercial over and over and over? This is right. insane. We can spend money on doing something better, number one. Number two, defund politicians. Less than one-tenth of one percent of the people even donate to anybody. So who's really buying the politicians? And our voter turnout absolutely sucks because half the people yes. didn't even bother to register to vote because they've lost faith in the system. So we, oh, you know, I totally we don't agree do with that. anything that makes any sense. Right. We, so... You know, how I'm do we bolster the politicians? The- because Mike Turner's raised one point seven million dollars from twenty eight billionaires. I don't even know a billionaire. Do you? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, Waylon, are you a billionaire? How many billionaires do you know? I am not. Oh, I don't know any. I thought Waylon may have been. Close. Yeah. No, I... I, Doggone it. I, I don't even know if I know millionaires. Uh... All right, so let's let's get off those hot button issues for a minute. Let, let what's okay. your, what's your idea about uh, how to use the budget? With so you're going you're going to Congress. Le, the legislature has the purse. What what do you think are are some uh, key issues we should be throwing money at or not throwing money at? I'll let you go there. Um, I think we really need to move to electrifying rail in this country. All of our rail lines need to be electrified because rail is the most efficient way of moving um, product, services, um, everything in this country without spent, you know, polluting and everything else. By doing that, we could become energy independent. I think we need to spend money on infrastructure as in, Internet access for everybody that's high speed at an affordable rate. 
our country is way behind in internet access, especially in rural communities. And the internet is crucial for a functioning democracy anymore. I think we need to spend money on healthcare, especially mental health care, because I'm sorry, yeah. those people that are homeless, that's not, that costs us over and over and over, as do people going to prison. I mean, there was a story, and I don't know, I'm never able to verify this. It was told to me by a Dayton cop who'd been on the department forever. He said a guy walked into the Sunoco station right here at the corner of Wyoming and Wayne. Mm -hmm. And he said, this is a stick-up. Call the police. Mm. And they said, what? He said, call the police. The cops came. They picked him up. He says, I'm having a heart attack. Goes to the hospital. Gets health care. Because he couldn't get it any other way. Mm. Yeah. Homeless guy? I'm sorry. The crimes that are committed. I, I don't, he never said if he was homeless or not. He just said this is okay. what the guy did. I know there are people that go back to prison because they have three square meals and a bed. Right. And it's better than what they have when they're out. And they have health care. So I have what do we do the to power of attorney that? for two brothers. We invest in taking care of Americans instead of investing in building nuclear submarines to fight imaginary wars that will never happen. I hear and you say that, but I also hear you say... I hear you say that, but I also hear you say we got to fund Ukraine. I don't want to. I don't want to do any of that, honestly. I mean, I'm going to make sure our homeland I, secure, but I don't want to send sixty billion over there. I'd much rather send sixty billion to the folks you're talking about. I I agree. I think national security means we don't have people that are don't know where their next meal's coming from, or they don't know how to. They got to sell, go bankrupt to because they got cancer so they can get care. I mean, this is criminal. Yeah. What we've done is done a real good job of making a bunch of billionaires since 2000 when, to 2020. We went from 300 billionaires to 619 billionaires right in this country. And people don't seem to understand, once you have a billion dollars, if you're getting 1% of a billion dollars in interest, you're making 100 million a year. Can you live on a hundred million a year? I could try. And so when the Fed increases the interest rate from 1% to 5% or 6% right. to stop right. inflation, those guys just went from making a hundred million to making half a billion a year. Mm -hmm. I, it just, the numbers are insane. Right. And in the meantime, all the poor people are paying more on their credit cards. They're paying more for everything else. The Fed is bad economic policy. You want better economic policy, you're going to have to approach it differently. So in the Fed, that's, that, that's like a, what uh, Ron Paul used to talk about, in the Fed. You agree with that? Yeah. They're, they're, they're totally out of touch with reality. If, yeah. you, if you've ever played Monopoly, it, it, the game ends when somebody has all the money and all the properties. And that's, I think the game ended 20 years ago. We just haven't come to grips with it. Do you think they're doubling down? Have you uh, heard about... Rocket ships. Um, 
you're breaking up a little bit. Have I heard about what? Oh, I was going to ask, have you heard about um, Agenda 2030? Uh, that uh, You haven't heard about Agenda 2030 and things like that? Nope. So there's uh, two big That's first I've heard that. There's two big conglomerates that uh, essentially control a lot of things. BlackRock, that big, and Vanguard. Have you heard about those folks? Well, BlackRock is... They gave money, one of their people gave money to Turner. To to Turner, yeah, they they yeah. essentially control everything. Um, I'll get to that in a minute. Waylon, you had a question about healthcare. I'll let you jump in here. Well, I did, and he answered that a little bit ago. For we've talked about it briefly. But I, can I switch gears for just a second? Yeah, sure. sure. I was trying to learn a little bit about you and. Um, and correct me if, if what I've read is wrong, because sometimes you'll read something and it's not right about people. So when it comes to um, your uh, your faith, um, you are you atheist? I am an atheist. Okay, I was making sure I heard it correctly. That being said, because I, when I look things up on people, you see a lot of different things here and there, and you don't know really what's right and what's not. But um, the question to follow up that is, being an atheist, and I know we're kind of rivals because you kind of see the cross, and, and but where do you, where's your, we're not rivals. Can you hear me? I think you froze up on us. I lost you there for a second, but I can explain that. Okay, so I happen to be a Jew by birth. My father was born in Berlin in 1927, left in 33, went to Palestine, left Palestine to come here in 37. My great, his entire set of grandparents, both sides, all died during the Holocaust. And the Germans were meticulous about documenting it. He got all the documents on each and every one of them. And my great grandmas said, what do they want with me? Well, they itemized every utensil in her house, the silver she owned, how many forks, how many knives? I mean, they went through this. I looked at that and I said, how the hell can you believe in a God that lets them round up six million people and die? I have to be responsible for myself and I have to conduct myself in a way that is honorable, not because of fear of what's going to happen to me in the afterlife, but in the right now. And one of the things I found out much later in life is, and this, you'll understand this, Jesus was a Jew. And I'm still confused at how many Christians say they follow in the footsteps of Jesus, but aren't Jewish. But that's beside the point. I believe there are things that you do in life that are important. Like give a man a job, give him the dignity is important to me. But praying to a God to guide me somebody, so many people to go wrong, and believe me, all the Nazis in Germany said they weren't Nazis in 1946. I can't, I can't bring those two together. So I live my life as culturally as a Jew, just like Jesus, but I don't pray or ask for help or believe that I'm going to learn what there is to learn 
other than do the right thing, do unto others as you'd have others do unto you, and stick with that. So when I ask, does that answer it? Well, when I ask about you know if you were an atheist, and I I can understand your questions about the Holocaust and about how bad things happen to good people and how horrible things happen. Why would God let that? And then there's answers for all that, but. The actual follow-up question wasn't about why you were an atheist. The follow-up question was, where do you get your compass of morality? I get it from the same place you do. But you're atheist. Jesus. You it doesn't can't be matter, atheist. man. Did the right things. You, you can't yeah, be you atheist can. because he was the son of God that you don't believe. I, I don't believe any of that, but I believe that he did the right thing. That's that's a that's a politician answer. You can't you can't answer it both ways. No. So the question again no, I, is where do you get your compass of morality? If you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that's fine. That's up to you. But where do you get the compass of morality to where you make your decisions in life? People and I follow in their footsteps and I don't want to ever besmirch their memory. Or do anything they wouldn't be proud of me for. I mean, that's But my father would have been really proud of me for winning this primary. Oh, I'm sure he would have. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have an accountability to, to, to my family, my family name. I, I take that seriously. Definitely. And that would actually... I have to be okay with me. And, and you're doing that. They're just questions that I have. As a minister, I have to ask these questions because, you know, the large percentage of our country is still considered Christian um, and that they do make that, that they do vote according to their faith. And that's why I ask you these questions. The other one is. Um, I don't think it's Christian to make Americans pay a thousand dollars a month for insulin. I don't think it's Christian to have homeless people on the streets. No, and, and there's answers to a lot of that. I'm not trying to say anything about that. I just asked you a simple question about your faith, if you have it, and where your morale from. But the follow-up question is, um, what hope do you have for Dayton, Ohio? And This is outside of religion now. What hope do you have for Dayton? What is your goal for Dayton, Ohio? Well, again, this district is all of Montgomery County, all of Greene County, and part of Clark County. And one of the things I strongly believe in is Unigov, and that's why I have a nonprofit called Reconstructing Dayton. But what my real hope is is to get our economy no longer based on meds, eds, and feds and expand it out to include a much more robust, vital economy based on small business success, utilizing our water resources, utilizing the brain power we have here, thanks to the universities, and also with the uh, base here. And I'd love to see us really take care of that. And I'm glad to see Tom McMaster's watching. Yeah, he says the problem with Penn and Teller's argument is the people... Here, let me... <laughs> He said, the problem with Penn and Teller... Has never met every individual. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you think? Tom McMaster's comment. Go for it. 
Anyone? I, I'm in agreement with Tom. I, yeah. You know, the Second Amendment's the Second Amendment. I, I read it as a well-regulated militia. If you want to hold weapons of war, you're in that militia. If you want to have shotguns for hunting, hunting rifles, but clip-fed semi-automatic weapons need a different level of competency and proof to own and to have and you shouldn't be walking around with them on the street. I walked into it's a bank once. There was a guy daddy. with hearing aids in both ears, suspenders. Anyways, he had I'm teasing. and he had two magazines. And I could have walked up behind him, taken that pistol out of his holster and shot him in about a second. You do not go out with that weapon without somebody else to watch your six ever. Period. All right. Um, so here, here's a question I don't. And here's hear. Tom again. Yep, there's Tom. Uh, when the Constitution says "We the people," no one ever believed every individual did all those things. All right. Uh, Quick question. So here's one that I don't hear uh, asked or answered quite a lot. Would you add, so we talk about the Second Amendment, we talked about the First Amendment. Would you want to add any amendments to the Constitution? And I always keep one handy. (laughs) Um, I think we're long overdue for the Equal Rights Amendment to be passed. I think that's long overdue. I think we need an amendment to solve the problem that D.C. doesn't have a representative in Congress, neither do the territories. I think we need to make sure that the Senate actually has changes in power, at least as a minimum. If you don't qualify for two representatives, you don't have two senators. So it's time to take some of these smaller states and take away some of their power because just drawing lines on a map and, you know, having no population should not give you that kind of power over the rest of this country. It's just criminal. So those things, I'd also like to have one amendment that no politician or judge or employee of the federal government works past age 70, period. End of story. You've been talking about that. So why do you go there at age 70? Why, why did you pick that? Well, it's the legal age in Ohio for judges to retire. Okay. One. Two. You think about it when there's set this whole thing up and require you to be president at 35. You're, if you lived to be 70, then you would have been amazing. Okay? Mm-hmm. The fact is we're getting people that are older and older and older and they're clogging up the the top levels of things for younger people. And I think younger people should have an opportunity to be heard and be seen. And that's a simple way to solve the problem. It beats term limits. Yeah. So you saw that question up there. Uh, Frank Wiley asked about term limits. What, What are your thoughts on term limits? I believe elections where we had don't uh, a true voter information system and we had ranked choice voting, which do fine for term limits. 
That's it. Um, I don't believe in mandatory term limits because what you see in the state of Ohio is people just job, jump from job to job to job. It's not getting any better. Right. Um, that could probably be fixed with, uh, with an initiative, an amendment, or something like that because that, that is a, an issue. Kettering, the city of Kettering has term limits. Uh, I like their idea. Uh, I think uh, if you were going to do city by city term limits, we could talk about that at another date. Uh, you've given us a lot of time tonight. I just got a couple more questions, if you don't mind. Uh, Go ahead. What what legislation would you introduce? You're elected, right? What's your first legis- uh, piece of legislation that you would introduce uh, for Congress to vote on? Well, if I got elected, one, only one thing has happened. Well, two things. One is Turner got hit by a truck. Okay, <laughs> that's number one. And number two is a whole bunch of women who are pissed off about Roe Wade, and they want that enacted. So the very first thing was I would work for federal legislation to guarantee all women a right to choose what to do with their bodies, period. End of story. You don't like it? You know, ignore it, period. Not your business. Okay. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to challenge you on that one. I'm going to keep on trucking. You're our Go guest on. tonight, Mr. Ezzerati. And I oh. I do not condone well, Mr. Turner. You know about my second shirt. Spot. No, but you know about my second shirt, right? Hit it. We, Hit we it. talked about Hold that. On. Let's get up. It's okay if you disagree with me. I can't force you to be right. That's right. Because I'm already right. Exactly. (laughs) Next question. Um, Let's see here. Uh, The illegal immigration problem, uh, illegal migrants, illegal aliens, however people want to use that term. What are your thoughts on um, the issue that we're having with the border and you know, building the wall and all that sort of stuff. Okay, first off, Republicans are using this as a squirrel. It's a distraction, okay? Because the reality is, if you've been in California and watched them pick strawberries, there ain't an American out there doing it. Period. End of story. We've relied on illegal immigrants in this country for a long time. Our problem is we don't want to manage immigration properly, number one. And number two, our drug problems, because we have a horrible healthcare system and we try to ban things, right? If you, you, you got to look at how many people we've put in prison since Nancy Reagan and her, you know, just say no bullshit. It hasn't worked. We need some sort of responsible response to drug abuse and we can't keep feeding the cartels in South America and Central America. And we can't keep propping up banana Republic dictators, which are making people want to leave those countries. So we need to deal with the 30 or 40 years of picking the wrong people in other countries, which we shouldn't be involved in in the first place, and making this place a sanctuary for them. Because quite frankly, I don't think they really want to come here other than the fact that their own countries are a shit show. And we helped do that. If we sat there and took a a realistic approach to 
drug abuse as a health issue. We provided free injection sites. We provided people with um, medical treatment, um, medically assisted um, withdrawal, you know, putting people on methadone instead of heroin. If we cleaned up the fentanyl, which is killing people left and right, if we did all that, provided and stopped stigmatizing it, we'd be in a lot better shape and the, the drug cartels wouldn't be making so much money. I'm fine with giving people, if you want to be high all the time, fine. But don't go off and kill yourself because you couldn't get the right drugs. And don't steal from me to support your habit. So I'll take the drugs coming over, I'll take them away, and I'll give them away for free. But I'll make sure they're purified. I don't care. So, so you look We've at got it, to uh, fix this. Like the European model? Or Uruguay or I it's Portugal's the one the one that did it and they, they reduced their dependence Portugal, on drug. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Okay, so we you know you've got multiple things that work here. You also have the fact that how many American companies went and set up plants in Mexico? I'm like, you want to set up plants in Mexico, you pay us out the ass for that, for the jobs you shipped over. Period. End of story. Instead, we bailed the auto companies out during the 2009 shit show, right? We bailed out the bankers instead of putting them in prison. We've been emphasize we've been going up to the wrong things every time. It's really easy to point at those poor immigrants and say they're the cause of our problems, while you've got companies taking massive profits and screwing small business left and right because we refuse to enforce antitrust. Google raises their advertising rates like that, and boom, you know, my small businesses have to pay that. We don't have a choice. You stop paying, you stop having customers. Green New Deal? What are your, thought, what are your thoughts we, on the Green New Deal? Or, I would you, love it if we were building all, all these solar panels in the States and not in China. I'd love it if we were building hydroelectric dams like we used to do, like the Hoover Dam like Niagara Falls, where we generate lots of clean energy. I have no problems with investing in clean energy. I have, Ohio is absolutely back asswards. We're charging people a premium for having electric cars and hybrids. It's stupid. We need to invest in mass transit and we need to get center cities to stop relying on cars. And I'm going by. I'm going with these uh, yeah. at, a, at a quick succession. Just allowing you, you to, to give your uh, thoughts. Packing I, I, the Supreme Court. I have no problem. You... I think the simpler solution is we have to take a look at what Trump did to this country, and how he divided us, and how he committed crime after crime after crime, and we need to erase two of his appointments because they were done. For the, at the, with that short timeline and just get them out and approve two new ones and be done with it. Who are the I two think, appointments you, would, you want to erase? So, you know, he was, Obama wanted to appoint Merrick Garland. They said, no, you can't. It's, you know, too close. So they immediately put Neil Gorsuch in. And then Amy Comey Barrett, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, they rushed that one through in 30 days. So both of those go away. And they whoever elects in, you know, the next sitting Congress, there well, we go. Well, how do you but, do that with the Constitution? You can't just erase them. You would have to... Well, how the we, hell... 
how the hell do you have a president and lead an insurrection and tell people to go raid our capital and not get taken out and sh shot for treason? So talk to us that's about that's what it says. That Go ahead, Whaler. Huh? That yeah. ain't, he, he didn't. You're accusing him like you like you heard him say, go raid the Capitol. You shouldn't even say things like that because he didn't say I'm it. sorry. I watched the January 6th investigation, and he was inciting it. They were talking. He was telling people, stand by. They were working on it. He said, come on in with the magnetometers. He knew they were armed. He said, come let them in. They're not here to shoot me. He knew what was going on. He wanted to go join them. Armed. And the reality, the reality Who got caught is. Armed? I'm sorry, Mr. Azarati. Who got caught armed? There was nobody arrested that was armed. The only person that, no. that was murdered that day was uh, Ashley Babbitt. Oh, wait a second. You're saying none of the police officers were murdered? No, no. No? No? I don't, I don't think they were. They, okay. they died of heart attacks and suicides. That's not murder. I'm going to tell you something. Point blank. They didn't get shot in the neck. Point blank. Had those been Black Lives Matter activists going to the to the Capitol like that, they would have been mowed down. Well, that that's a thought. But I'm sorry. That's not what happened. You don't take top secret documents home. You don't sit there and tell the court, the people that you don't have them and lie and get away with it. You don't keep lying about the election when you fact, in fact had plans before the election to say that it was going to be stolen and that the numbers were incorrect. There are so many things wrong with the Trump presidency that need to be straightened out that we now know about and nobody's doing anything about. I'm sorry. I don't believe in dividing our country anymore. And I think these people that have gotten behind Trump and think that he does no wrong, this man, unfit to be president from the start. Mike Turner even agreed with me before he got elected. He said he is unfit to be president. Right. He changed his tune when he wanted to get reelected. But the reality is Donald Trump was a cancer on this country, a black mark. And if you put everything into perspective, there's only one plausible excuse for his behavior and that is he worked for vladimir putin the only president to ever meet with a foreign official in private and tom will disagree he, he, he worked <laughs> now this is remarkable this is uh, i don't even know what to say to that that's that's an accusation you know what even if he's as bad as you say that he is our country was in so much better shape with him running it than with the Democrats running it. That's just plain. You are, you are absolutely wrong. The deficits grew. We had a million plus people die of COVID because he refused to understand what needed to be done. He lied about the him being vaccinated. The leadership exuded by President Trump was one that got Americans dead. President Trump is a disaster, needs to be removed like a stain from our country's history. And you can keep believing in your false prophet, but that man was a disaster as a president. And the policies no, see, he did, and the he made the rich richer. He did a great job of cutting taxes for the rich. Now, we can go we, down the line. It's it's just pointless. Yeah, we, we could debate yeah. this all day long. Um, and I think we would disagree on a lot of it.
and we'll have to leave it there. Mr. Ezzerati, I want you to give us your last thoughts on the podcast, where you're going, where you're going to be at, everything. Okay, so on my website, it's got the upcoming events. Tuesday night, there's a candidates night at Omega Baptist Church run by the clergy. Thursday night, Green County Democratic Party has a meeting. Other than that, I don't think I have any other scheduled upcoming events. I am happy to come out and speak to any group if they want me to, if I'm available. You can find that on the events page. As to the election, I've still got a few things up my sleeve. But look, I've been outraised 1.7 million to 38,000. 80% of his first money came from out of state. We haven't run the numbers yet on the new money. But if you want a cop politician spot sold and paid for by the wealthy, Mike Turner is your man. I would be more than happy to take step down after five terms, 10 years, at age 70, when, so you're done with me. Mike Turner will stay there till he's 95 if he has that chance, and he will still never meet with you. He will never talk to you. He will never engage with you because that would be dangerous because he doesn't know what to say without his corporate handlers. I am not the perfect candidate. Nobody is. Nobody walks on on uh, water the way people seem to think you need to do. But, hey, look, I never said I'm going to grab her right in the you-know-what on national TV. I haven't been divorced three times. I haven't been accused of rape. I haven't done any of those things. I've served my country. I've worked in my community. I've been working on uncovering corruption for a long time. I believe a politician is an elected representative, not a Democrat, not a Republican, and their job is to represent you. So once I get in Congress, every day at the end of the day, I will get on the video on YouTube and I will tell you what happened, what I did, ask you questions, answer your questions, tell you what's coming up, how I voted, how I'm thinking of voting, and what I'm trying to accomplish. And I am going to count on this community to come together and start having some wins on its own because they have real leadership that isn't so busy worried about getting their friends and family into patronage positions, which is what we've had for years. So there you have it. Mr. Azarati, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for, uh, you know, we're two conservative guys. You joined up with us tonight and you, you gave it to us. We gave it to you and I appreciate it. Thank you, David. Good to meet you, brother. Good to meet both of you. And, uh, you know, again, I'll, I'll quote Mayor Ed Koch, uh, Koch of uh, New York City. He says, if you agree with me on nine out of the 12 positions, vote for me. If you agree with me, 12 out of 12, seek professional help. We're always <laughs> going to have differences, okay? We're never going to align perfectly. Otherwise, we'd be a bunch of people just doing the same thing. All right. I know is in, until we defund the politicians and take our country back in our elections, we'll be fine. But right now, Mike Turner is funded, bought, sold, and paid for by really wealthy people, a lot with connections to the defense industry. And no, I'm not running against Trump. I'm running against Mike Turner, who is defending Trump, who has no business defending him because he damn well knows the stuff that's in a skip is supposed to stay in a skip, just like what happens in Vegas is supposed to stay in Vegas. And you don't take the shit home. 
Period. End of story. I don't care who y'all. So there. There it is. Mr. Razorati, thank you, sir. All right. Thank you, Doc, and uh, thanks for your service. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Waylon. Yeah. Hey, I lost uh, my computer died, so I can't see anything on the screen. So is are we are we all? No, we're still live. Oh, okay. Um, so what? Next week, I want folks to to know. Next week, we have Tori Maris. She's running for Secretary of State as an independent. She's on the ballot. So you had. David Azarati tonight. This is going to be a total, this is going to be like a 180 to what you heard tonight. Yeah. Would you, would you think? He's uh, got, uh, as far as tonight, David's got zeal. Uh, he's not afraid to speak his mind. Um, don't agree with not even half of what he, what he said, but Hey, we had a good, a good conversation. I enjoyed it. I, I appreciate him coming on because not a lot of, <laughs> I reached out to, uh, I'll say his name, Eric Prince. He's running, I'm in Greene County. He's running against uh, the state rep, the Republican state rep. I, I reach out to Democrats, Republicans, whomever. Come on the podcast. Let's let's yeah. chop it up and see what happens. He denied us. He said, Absolutely. no, he's, he's too busy. He's too busy campaigning. So anyway, Tory Maris, no, independent. Go ahead. Next Sunday, same time. Same time next Sunday, 945. Be here or be nowhere. I'll be here, Matt. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us tonight on Sunday Night Live. Tori Maris next week. That's the Red Rooster. I'm Matt Truman, and we will see you on Sunday.